listening to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Susie Warren-Smith and for the next 30 minutes we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, as always, AJ Sharp, who is a taste expert. Hi, AJ. Hello. And it's our final, it's our final programme with Christabel Cairns, who's been with us for the last, well, this is your fourth week. Fourth week, yeah. Have you enjoyed it? It's great. Is it? You learned a lot. I know you're very, very knowledgeable um, about food and because because of the Great Taste Award and everything, but... you do still learn things, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. And it's nice for me to taste the products. I quite often sit behind the spreadsheet. Oh, do you? You don't so. actually? Oh. I, I do, I do. Yeah. But, you know, so, <laughs> Christabel Cairns is of the Guild of Fine Food, which obviously organises the Great Taste Awards. But you, as we heard the other week, you also organise the World Cheese Awards. We do, yeah. Basically, your life completely and utterly evolves around food. Last of our four programmes, dedicated to Great Taste Award winners. Today, we have, well, we're quite honoured because we have the supreme champion from 2022, Michael Winters. Thank Hello. you for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting We're, me. I'm not going to tell the listeners yet what you won it for. I'm going to go into that in a minute. Um, and I, I think you were Best International, is that right? That's right, yes, yes. So Best International Golden Fork. So remind us, Christabel, exactly what supreme champion is. So we have about 14,000, in fact, last year we had 14,205 products into wow. Great Taste. So essentially the Supreme Champion is the product that came first. Out of 14,000. Out of 14,000. Wow. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, you know, we were talking about what a three-star taste award is. Yeah. And, and um, I think AJ said that she likes to think everybody's a three-star and then she gradually takes stars away as, as, as things maybe don't quite come together. Mm. But so three-star is pretty much perfect. How many three stars do you generally award in a, in a year? It's about it's sort of somewhere between two hundred and two hundred and fifty, and it's a strange thing because we could actually order, you know, award fourteen thousand. As AJ says, just sort of start there and go go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But weirdly, and I don't know what the kind of science is behind that. We, it's about the same every year. So I think yeah. last year was two thousand. Sorry, two hundred and forty-one products got a three star. So so Michael's product actually was the best of the best of the best. best. Exactly. So everything kind of judged on its own merit. Originally, 241, three stars, and then those three stars are actually put put against each other. And just to remind everybody, all the labels are taken off. Nobody knows who the producers Absolutely, are. Yeah. It's completely blind. Uh, and that means then that we've got um, an amazing, very experienced and talented panel of people who taste things for a living. And they've all pretty much agreed that this is the best product of the year. Exactly. And that's the kind of quite incredible thing. You've got something that sort of, first of all, it won a three star, and then everybody sort of has to agree and agree and agree. Yeah. And they're yeah. chefs, journalists, buyers, retailers. So they're coming at it from, you know, lots wow. of different angles. AJ, have you tasted this particular product, which I'm not going to reveal yet? I have tasted it. Have you? 
Yeah. Why is it so amazing without revealing what it is? I don't know, but even even when we were on the final, the kind of final panel day where we had all these incredible palettes in the room and like some of the things as they were going past our little table, we were getting to taste. We weren't judging on that day. We were just kind of there helping. If several of us called it early, we tasted this product and we all just went, that is just something else. Really? Just, I, I think mean, there's cons- a moment as well when people taste this this thing that we're going to talk about in a minute where there's almost like a, a moment of they're a bit speechless because I didn't expect it from really? it. Wow. And, and you know, how often has that happened? You, you've been doing this a long time. Does it, does it happen often? I mean, there's so much innovation going on, but even so, you're talking about 14,000 products. I mean, how often does something that different come along? Not often, surely. There's, there's so many iterations of things well, now. As, as we'll see in a minute, it's something maybe that's not a different thing but just a really good version of a thing. Okay. So, okay. you know, different layers of flavours that you haven't come across before. It's something so familiar that you think you know exactly how it tastes and when it doesn't taste how you thought it was going to... It's a bit of a shock. It blows your mind, yeah. Okay. So the thing we're talking in question is pepper. Not red peppers, not chilli peppers, not bell peppers, but pepper, as in peppercorns. And yeah. you are the maestro of the world. Michael, apparently. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't go as far as that. So, so tell us, first of all, how normal, in inverted commas, pepper that presents itself in the supermarket, h- how is that grown? How is that shipped? How does it arrive? The th- thing we're so familiar with. So first discovered in India over 2,000 years ago. It's a vine grower. It can grow wild, or, or, or you know, around trees and things like that. But when it's farmed, it's generally on poles, maybe three, four, five metres high. They look like mini wine grapes. Okay. Like we say, it's a fruit. Yeah. It's cultivated over generally three to five year period. You know, it needs a lot of water, a lot of tender, loving care. So it doesn't get picked every year. It just gradually grows. No, it does. Oh, no, it does get once, picked once it starts to yeah. get to the point where you can harvest it, yeah, yeah, you, you can get 10 to 15 years out the same vine. Okay. Very water intensive. Um, it has to be grown in the tropics, um, needs the vagaries of humidity and sun and rain and things like that. Our particular pepper, which is in the south-southwest of Cambodia, a place called Kampot, um, has the classic conditions whereby you have mountains behind you, you have the sea in front, you have amazing quartz, mineral-rich ri- soil, so it's got perfect to our so, so in a way, it is a bit like cultivating vines. AJ and I have gone on quite a lot about um, British sparkling wine, you know, mm. and how the weather and chalky soil and the sea is all, all combining rather nicely to, to allow us now to grow some amazing vines to make, to, to make sparkling wine. Mm. And you need all those conditions, don't you? To, you do, you do. You can't force, you can't force it. Uh, no, you can't. And you are at the mercy of weather conditions. So these things get picked. Are they then dried or do they naturally dry on the vine? Just to put pe- um, Campot pepper in context, so it's a, it's a, it's a vine grower. Normally what happens is the green corns are picked and then initial primary drying is, is out in, in, the, in the sun and then it's taken away to sorting and grading and dries in the sun, it, it, it turns, the green corns turn black. Yeah, and that, so that's why we're very familiar with it, with, it, with it being black. Now, I haven't tasted this, Christabel. Please tell me which one I should taste first and then tell me why it, for you it's so extraordinary. Am I, am I going to blow my mind now? Should Should we go straight in with the Supreme Champion? Well, yes, because what I've done here is because 
Campot vines are very particular in the sense that they produce green, black, white, and red all off the same vine. And that's really? not that's oh. not normal. So I brought the dried ones in for you really okay. just to smell because they all have different aromatic and flavor profiles. The corn you're about to try is the fermented. So we tried to harness the green corn off the vine. Fermented pepper. So okay. we've tried to harness that natural young green corn flavor. They they are literally all all grown on exactly the same, same vine, yeah. and they all smell and taste completely different. Wow! So, so, so basically, we've we, we've got all these uh, peppercorns that you and I would recognise. I, I would say, uh, all dried, uh, just different colours. So, what have you done to to, so this, to these, this is Michael? Fermented fresh green peppercorn. Yes. So, so these are soft on impact, not what you would expect. Am I going to die when I eat it? No. I'm going to sneeze. Uh, maybe, no. No. You right. Maybe have a water handy because sometimes right. you get a bit of a zinger, one that's a little bit hotter. Mm. So this from oh, <laughs> as, the, as the heat kicks in, mm. salt, so salty got, sweetness. Yeah, I was going to say you've got the little bit of zestiness. Well. They are fermented. It took us a few years to master this process, but it's a Japanese slow process. <coughs> it was a good idea to have the water handy, wasn't it? Right, so AJ, talk, talk through what's going on, because I can't explain it. I'm not good enough. Well, the first thing you get is the salt, because there's a kind of salter lamb on the outside. Yeah, because they, they, they are lacto-fermented in a saline solution over a month to act as both a preservative and a flavouring. It, it is but it's not crunchy. It's not quite crunchy. It's almost chewy. So you're yeah. putting it into your mouth. You think it's going to crack like some black peppercorn, but it doesn't because it's soft. It's got it gives under your teeth. You've got the salt fills your mouth. Then a real sort of sweetness with fruit fills Definitely your mouth. Fruit, yeah. And then very gently over about four to ten seconds, this heat, peppery heat, starts to build. But it's not. It never gets so hot. Well, maybe maybe it does can, get so hot I that you can... start coughing, but they're addictive as well. I'm on the fourth. I, yeah, I just you're on your fourth. Yeah. Wow, just <laughs> incredible! And then the way the flavour just develops and develops, and you get these different waves of different flavour and fruit and salt is mm. just incredible. You're you're a massive fan. I am a massive fan. I think that I just think, yeah, you haven't. I had tasted you know peppercorns before, but as you but said, ha yeah, so how would you use these then, Christopher? What would you? Um, I've seen them used on like. In quite sort of traditional, I guess, um, uses of peppercorn sauce on a steak, Sand just steak. just on some vegetables. I think it's just it's really sauce simple. This would be amazing. I'd be fabulous. There was a guy, wasn't there, at Speciality Fine Food Fair, who was making pieces of wagyu beef with that crusted around the edge. There was actually, yeah, yeah. He, he sort of semi-crushed them into mm. it and then seared them. And then he also made a peppercorn sauce, sauce with to it. Go with it. Yeah, wow. and he, and he let me try some. Oh, it's good. What would you, what would you do? What's the best? Stir them into a dish like cacio e pepe, you know. Mm. Or um, we've got someone making ch uh, chocolate with it now. Oh wow! Yeah, I um, can see that. I can't. I can. I, I, I'm always amazed by. You work with someone who's making crackers as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah we I can do. See that as yeah, well. really nice. Yeah, but, but just really to, well just explain like to me, Michael, the difference. Though. So these, the, these are your fermented ones, which I can see, which we were just talking about the taste. I could see how I'd use those. So that's the black, and it's whole, and then it's coarse ground. So if you want to smell them side by side, you'll notice the so, aromatics. But that... what you're saying, Michael, is 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 just 
get a pestle and mortar and, and smash that up, would you, when well, you're using well, the, it? Or how the, would you The other it? three, they're fine to go in grinders because okay. they're dried. Yeah, they're yeah. just normal So pepper. these are the normal yeah. crunchy black dried. It's yeah. just the fermented because of the nature of the process. They're too soft to go in a grinder mm. and also... Yeah. I think a sharp knife, you would probably, if you wanted to put it into a sauce, you'd just get a sharp knife, wouldn't you? And maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. crush them. Up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if, if, if I was to buy these, these peppers, which can... So we did have that um, amazing salt uh, producer guy, uh, um, Jeffrey uh, Blackthorn. Blackthorn, yeah. yeah, amazing. And and so for me, I have that now, and and I can't believe the difference in using beautiful salt. If you were to also have beautiful pepper, those two ingredients are critical uh, for cooking, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're absolutely critical. So why why do we just have cheap rubbish then? Because just we don't the know. Question. Maybe. Yeah. So if I was to if I was to get these. What I would do is I would keep them in the jar in the dark and then I would get some out and crush them and then just use them in the next week or so and then get some more and crush them. I would, it would, oh, you mean piece by piece rather yeah, than not, all not, at once? Yeah, not get them all at once. Would that be the right does thing to do? Does that keep better? Keep them better? Or does um, it not, not make a difference? Am I just being an idiot? Well, no, because pepper ages when it oxidises, doesn't so, it? So, yeah, if you've got airtight containers, perfect. Um, yeah, always reserve some in the cupboard you know, airtight and they'll keep for, for, for a mm. long time. I mean, the fermented is slightly different. Once you open it, it's not ambient anymore to keep yeah. them fresh yeah. and airtight and put them in the fridge. Oh, in the fridge? Yeah. Okay, interesting. And they'll keep for a year. Mm. So which one won the the, the Supreme Supremes? It's the fermented these, one. The fermented. Okay, wow. I've still got that in my palate. Mm. Yeah, but it's It's, Good. it's, it's hot, nice. but it's, no, it's fruity. Warmth. It gives you fruit. warmth. Mm. It's not just it's not just heat. The, na the, the nature of Campot, it, all of them are, even if there is a bit more pungent heat, say with the black, the red's a bit smoother. The white is the, is the longest length, and the smoothest heat. But not not none of it's harsh because it's all very natural. What mm. happens with a lot of mass-produced pepper is it's heavily sterilized and irradiated. So the only thing left is. The heat element, which people are familiar with, pepper, and which no, is the piperine. No, no, nothing. No, 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 no smell or very dull smell and very little flavour. Mm. I think it's that thing about fruit. I'm not sure how many people will be able to tell you that pepper was a fruit and grew on it. Do you know what? You know, I'd, actually, but Christopher, I didn't actually think about it. I was thinking. Well, no, you wouldn't. I don't know. Is it in you? the ground? You dig it up. I don't know. I was, I was thinking. I don't even know what pepper is. I know. And now or I maybe know. seeds or something. And I was thinking, how, why don't I know that? <laughs> I've been doing this programme for six years. I don't know that. It's ridiculous. I did actually weirdly go to a farm when I was in Tanzania on my honeymoon. Yeah. And it was a farm where they showed you all these things being grown. And pepper wow. was one of the things growing on the Yeah. Tree. So um, the next question for me, Michael, is what's the difference between white pepper and black pepper? Because traditionally what we what we seem to do is is we seem to have black peppercorns in, in, in a grinder. So that's like your posh pepper. And then you can get like um, in, in a little sort of tube thing, you know, sort of white pepper, which you sprinkle over. Which you mean the grains of sand that you used to have in the That's the exactly ones. And yeah. that's where you used to grow up. And it's like, well, don't use the don't use the posh ones unless it's really important. But what, what is the difference between those two things? Is it, it, well, I, I think a lot of it is perception, because look, even in the UK, the default setting is black pepper it's what we're all very familiar with mm. um i think it because black pepper is just the most prevalent 
but there are some great white peppers out there. Mm. I mean, there's Cameroon and one, there's a Pendia, there's, there's, what is it, Montauk and Sarawak and places like and, that. And basically that's just a different taste, just a slightly different yeah, taste Yeah, I mean, our white is, it's just a completely different flavour profile here. So it's very, very zesty. See, I think, I think white pepper, proper peppercorns, is great with fish. It, that's amazing with fish, you're yeah. exactly right. Yeah. But then here we go, there's a two-star Michelin restaurant that, Puts the white in an Amalfi lemon ice cream. Why? Wow. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the use is, it's, I, I think it's the most versatile. I mean, obviously, I would say it's the best in the world, wouldn't I? But <laughs> I actually do think there's not many peppercorns that are as versatile. I mean, with the red, the red's been used in chocolate, rye IPA beer. Um, <laughs> it does smell sweeter, the red. Yeah, duck crackling. Yeah. Um, I think Michelle Rue used it in a, uh, uh, is it a, Duck a la pêche, is it? Oh. Yeah, peach sauce oh, or something like that. I mean, the, the aroma off the white peppercorns there is insane. Yeah, I know. I, I actually, I know I I'm, on, really I, like I'm on a podcast, but I think that's the secret weapon. Oof. Yeah, because mm. it's so, it's really, really versatile. But yeah, even my brain was programmed to not think, oh, this white's not going to be up to much. And then when I tried the white after trying the others. It's really great. Yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's really not what you would expect, is it? So no. where can people get this stuff? We will put links on, on the website, but but um so, so, so it's called um you're called Kadode. Yeah. Kado. I've, I've pronounced it. Completely. No, no, it's all right because it's very tonal right. uh, Khmer language and Kadode means Ka gift from Do. the earth. Ah. So that's a literal translation. And and so that's that your brand. Uh, and if you are very interested in tasting the best product in the whole of the UK for last well, year. Of the world. The of the of world, of course it is, because yeah. it's yes, international winner as well. Thank you, pardon, because he, he won the international thing too. If you, if you, you know, we have had the best cheese in the world here, haven't we? we have. On this program, uh, we've now got the best um, international product of the year and the best UK just, product, but, but the, best the best product of, of ever, of ever, all, of all, all of all last time. Because supreme champion of great taste, great taste is already an international competition. There's all these different countries, 106 countries. There we go. Taste. I mean, look, we were cocker hoop winning the best international because we realized we we're up against getting all the, the other getting, yeah, yeah yeah so but then to win the other one Amazing. the big one it's so quite bizarre you were just flabbergasted i remember your face <laughs> i know yeah when it was announced you yeah. just went speechless Woo! right <laughs> yeah so it's called the king of pepper and it's fermented fresh green campot peppercorns we will do links people can get it online Michael? Yes, look, you can go through the normal, you know, di digital channels, our own website, kadodepepper.co.uk. And that is spelled K-A-D-O-D-E. Yeah, um, well, lots of little independent delis. We've try also it. got lots of inquiries at the moment for, you know, some of the more specialist multiples and things like that. So Good, how exciting. Um, but first port of call, if they, you know, they can always message us through the site and we can always put them in yeah. touch, hopefully local. And, and do you think all of that has come from being involved in the Great Taste competition? Well, yeah, because in 2000 and at the end of 2014, we were about to, to, to launch. But in September, the Speciality Fine Food Show, I went up to the Great Taste stand. There's a woman called Jilly Sitch. And I just said, look, we've got products or, or product or products that were launching into the UK at the start of 2015. Could we possibly enter a, a product or products in this? You know, are, are, are we eligible? And she said, yeah, of course you are. So why not go for it? And there wasn't seemingly 
a gourmet pepper market at that time. We'd looked at the gourmet salt and thought, this is a good benchmark for yeah, us. It shouldn't be a commodity. It's no, so exactly. Impo- it's too important. So anyway, we entered three products, the black, the white, and the red dried. And we very luckily, we got a star for the red, uh, sorry, star for the black, a star for the white, and got three stars for the red. And at that point, wow. we could begin to leverage with shops because it was the first peppercorn ever to get three stars. So that just gave us that extra little extra, push when yeah. we could approach people and say, it's not a common yeah. garden peppercorn, this. So, Christabel, just just returning now to the Great Taste Awards, um, uh, anybody listening, you've got uh, just about over a week at the moment, uh, closes on the 7th of February. It does make a massive difference if you're new to the market, doesn't it? Because there's so many products now, standout's quite difficult. So winning an award, retailers really do take notice of the Great Taste Awards? They really do. I mean, you know, obviously I would say that, but they, they really do. And we, and we have kind of countless examples of, of consumers as well going into either, you know, delis and, and saying, oh, actually, yeah, I see those products and I look out for those stickers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really, I don't think you've got anything to lose, really. Nothing to lose. So let, let's just let's just run through some stats. Uh, about thirty nine percent of the total products that were entered in twenty twenty two got either a one, two, or three star award. Yeah, so, and I so, think that's really know. important to. Yeah, it's important to know that not everybody. There's also a perception, you know, oh, I'll enter and I'll get an award. A no. one a one star is still a massive achievement. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah and around four thousand of uh, awarded a great taste one star, and that's stuff that delivers fantastic flavour. Just over a thousand two star, above and beyond delicious mm-hmm. is how we like to explain it. And then three star, I think as you said the other week, only two hundred and forty one in twenty twenty two. So three star out of fourteen thousand products. You should be very proud of yourself if you get a three star. If you see one, buy it. I I, I agree. What with I think that. is really amazing I agree though. With that. Is there's no cap? There's no sort of the judges are not told you can only award so many three stars. It's never done like that. It's done entirely on taste. Mm. So if if one year there may be slightly more of something or slightly fewer of something, it it is literally just done on taste and it is just done on the judgment of those judges who are there, you know, and, over those. And people have to days. agree as well. You know, you've got all different uh, di- do, do different have, opinions. Do there. you have quite big debates sometimes, or is we it get the odd heated debate? We've got, <laughs> really? we've got we've got a system actually where we, you know we pass things around the room and so many people have to agree. So. Yeah, you can get divided opinions. Do you get very um, sort of polarised positions or does it tend to be just people arguing between one or two that they really think are fantastic? I think it depends what it is. Some people, yeah, there are the odd product. AJ's a judge, she'll know this, but there's the odd thing that divides people. You know, is that... It'll be the weird, weird flavour combination, the unusual things, right. the new things. But generally, people can look at something and say, just you know, know what, I understand how that's made and yeah. why it's a good one. They just know. So um, is, is there anything else that we have to taste? You've well, we've got a couple else, of other winners with us. And I brought them along just because um, these are a couple of producers who are tiny. I mean, uh, we're about to open a jar of plum jam made by Artisan Kitchen. Blazed and red plum jam. And so our son kitchen is um, run by Sarah Churchill. She makes all the jams by hand and, and marmalades. It's her, it's her big thing. And she is, I think, our probably most, has won the most three stars in Great Taste. Really? Ever. Yeah. Wow. She, she does phenomenally well every year um, and makes fantastic products. And I just, I think it's a good example of somebody who, she is one person. Now, you see, for me, it's like, it's jam. It's jam. 
Oh no! Don't look at me like that. You just look. look you see the look she gave me then, AJ. Um, but but the point of this is this is you know extraordinary. She clearly knows what she's doing and and probably has a process that nobody else is probably secret and all that sort of stuff. I'm just sure about is. to taste it, so I want to understand why it's so. It's very Moorish. Oh, it's very Moorish. Yeah. I mean, we're all sitting here eating a little pot of jam on right. its own, which is not something you do every day. And it sounds Whoa. silly, but it tastes of plums. Do you know what, mm. you know, it really does. You can sort of almost like a plum that you pick up and... Mm. And like a plum, when you bite into it, you, you get that mouth-watering. It's not really sweet. Well, no. I know, I've just made a Lovely. right idiot of myself now. I have never tasted jam like that. It's incredible, isn't mm. it? Oh, gosh. There's a gorgeous. sort of citrusy edge to it. There's there's fruit. It's sweet, but it's not too sweet. Well, absolutely finishing a little pot. So. Yes. <laughs> can I have some more, please? And it cleans your palate afterwards. Mm. It's got a great balance between... That sweetness, but natural sweetness. And there's a really nice bit of tartness going mm. on, which sort of wakes you up yeah, a little bit, cloying, but it's not, not yeah. at all. Really no, fruity. It's, it's good. Great mouthfeel, too. What else have so you then brought we've along? Also I'm going to more jam um, while you're speaking. A ta- <laughs> you just go straight in for the big pot. Yeah, I'm going to go for um, We've got a tahini granola. So this is um, made by a company called Jemima's Deadly. It's gorgeous. Uh, they, they are two people, I think. Um, and they are based online. I think they're sort of looking for a premises, but they have won three star uh, last. So sorry, last year in 2022 and the year before in 2021 for a, a different granola. Um, what is granola? And it's not, Tell us what granola is first before you. Well, it's not easy to get a three star with granola because mm. what we noticed last oh, year, actually. judging or the last two mm. years after lockdown, was that lots of people were making granola. And the number of granolas entered into Great Taste seemed to, to, to my perception, seemed to have increased enormously. And so we were a bit... Yeah, and you're right, it is hard to do because you either get it too too hard because you want to keep it keep So that what crunch. is it exactly? So it's seeds, um, cereals that are... It's different grains Yeah, nuts. different grains, usually oats Are they it. generally baked? I think and it's baked, baked yes. Yeah, 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 generally it's baked. baked. So, so what you've got to get is got to get the right crunchiness mm-hmm. yeah. without that sort of burnt taste. Yeah, and you might have some fruit in there so that mm. gives you the softness. You don't want to dry out the fruit so you need to keep that but not sort of... Have the different textures, basically. It's and quite some delicate, people, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's gorgeous, that. Some people use a honey to bind it together. This one doesn't. doesn't. This one's vegan, so that they will have used... It's very moist. Age. I mean, mm. it's not like they, a, a bowl of milk. This one in it, which I think is quite unusual. Mm. I've never seen that before. Mm. Maple syrup's what they've used to bind it. Mm. A little bit of maple syrup. See, that's... Uh, granola doesn't do it for me. It's like, I don't know, sort of like sawdusty. You know, this, this one's a bit. This one's lovely. It's lovely, mm. isn't it? Mm-mm. Is that is it sort of fairly healthy? Mm. Yeah, not too bad. Not too, not too bad. bad. What do you think, Michael? Do you like, bit of you sugar. Like it? I like it there, a lot. Yeah, it's very delicate. Very Over a bit of yogurt in the morning. Exactly. Won't be too healthy. Mm-mm. No, it's nice because it's got the crunch, but it's not too crunchy. It's got sesame seeds, pumpkin seeds. Nice, generous proportion of fruit and mm. seeds that makes so, you think it's quality. So can we just give it a call out uh, to, to the... So that's, that's Jemima's Tahini Granola, and they won the Golden Fork for um, Best Product from London. Wow. And actually, we should mention as well that Artisan Kitchen have regu- are a regular great, great Taste Fork winner and have won for at least the last few years art, uh, Best Artisan Producer of She's the year. a phenomenon, isn't she? Yes, yeah, she really is. Brilliant. Just consistently good practice. I'm going to... Steal that? I no, yeah, nobody's taking that. Online. <laughs> right, I've never tasted jam like that. It's, it's, it's really so good. good. Does she make marmalade? 
her, she's, I, yeah. I think yeah. her big thing is marmalade. She, oh. I'm going to say she started off with that. I don't know if that is actually true, but she makes a huge range of marmalades so, as well. So I can go online, can't she I? She sells through the website, doesn't Yeah, she does. And she's got a sort of phenomenal online following, but she makes, you know. Perfect. So just a reminder, Great Taste Awards the for this year, 2023. The closing date is the 7th of February. Get on the website if you're making stuff. Get cracking. Um, what's the what's the sort of time frame? How does it how does it sort of pan out? So we we take entries between about uh, so January and February. Mm-hmm. You'll get a call to send in your product between March and June, and then results are usually out in August. Out in August, brilliant. Um, well, thank you so much to Michael Winters. I, I that's stunning. Well done, you. Thank you for inviting I me. I bet that was very exciting as well when you it won was, that. Yeah. yeah, still sinking in really. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> great. Really, really good. Um, thanks again to AJ taste expert thank you you think you get bored of tasting all this stuff you know oh, yeah. a load of three star great taste products yes oh, please <laughs> fantastic great and um thanks again to christopher cairns of the guild of fine foods really a pleasure to have you f- for this program and the last three weeks look out for great taste uh if there's a three our answer to that is buy, buy it, it. <laughs> i hope you have a good week bye-bye <laughs> <laughs>